There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cold Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, listen to up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, or give us something to discuss in our new post credit scenes at the end of each episode, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash coldpopsha. It's time to die inside because I I can't think of another thing that rhymes. I have tried to man. Imagine if I could just rhyme my whole way to the end of the sentence. I know. Wow, that'd be crazy. I mean, you couldn't even rhyme last week when you wrote a Disney song. No. Well, songs don't have to rhyme. <laughs> The most personal attack I could make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're very popularly received song as well. And you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll get you where it hurts. What if I've written a Yu-Gi-Oh song this week? Well, maybe one of us has. Oh, Jesus. All right. Maybe both of us have. <laughs> Welcome to Film Franchise Fortnites, everybody. My name is AJ and giggling like the insane mad scientist he is on the other end of my google hangouts call is richard martin how are you richard this <laughs> evening you good yeah i, I yes. speak only in giggles now apart from the sentence explaining it <laughs> all right um so this is film franchise fortnights where every film every film fortnight we watch a franchise <laughs> um and uh or at least that is what we're supposed to do I'll leave it up to the listeners to decide whether we're actually doing that this <laughs> this fortnight <laughs> because I have some reservations because uh, last fortnight after our our whopping Pirates of the Caribbean retrospective we were all re- really excited to see what franchise we got next um, and we did our random our random number generator our random franchise generator and we landed on the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise. Um, and if you are unfamiliar, if this is your first episode, perhaps you're a Yu-Gi-Oh stan and have discovered this episode. Oh, hello. Just to, just to let you know up top, um, Richard recently got real into Yu-Gi-Oh and watched all of the series. Back the into series. Yu-Gi-Oh, I would say. Back into Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, when I was uh, 10 years old, I was too cool for Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm now 27, and I'm still too cool for Yu-Gi-Oh. I would say you're not cool enough for Yu-Gi-Oh now. I know you would. Y- Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> has surpassed you. You've stayed at the same coolness since you were mm. 10 years old. Um, that was pretty cool, man. I was pretty cool then. <laughs> um, yeah, I imagine that's what our... Um, our you know the the proverbial listener i just described probably thinks of me as well um and some of our real listeners that i know do exist a lot of our listeners were very excited that we got Yu-Gi-Oh. um so shall we without further ado like okay the supreme irony of this is that i had to MC the episode right yeah. that's, that's where the comedy comes I'm from i'm excited that- to see what new things you can teach me about right one of my 
yeah, yeah. you know, a very close uh, a yeah. dear and dear to my heart IP. Yeah. Yeah. So the Yu-Gi-Oh film franchise, or perhaps more accurately, uh, the films in the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise, it's not really a film franchise in itself, uh, or perhaps even more accurately, the theatrically released media from the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise, yes. of which only two out of the four films we're going to be talking about um are actually films, uh, and of those two, only <laughs> one of them is really trying to do anything different from the show, and of those four, Richard, potentially, none of them are even canon. So, <laughs> depending depending on who you ask and what you consider canon, um, and in a shocking and arguably off-model episode of FFF this fortnight, uh, we're more or less discussing the four disconnected, arguably decanonized, theatrically released installments from what is usually a Yu-Gi-Oh! TV show, and, and, and which is an anime based on a manga. It's a manga. A manga? Um, about a little boy <laughs> named, named Yugi who becomes the Tony Hawk of virtual reality card games. Um, the card game is called Duel Monsters, <laughs> where players pit monsters against each other. Uh, Yugi battles a variety of enemies, but most notably the creator of Duel Monsters, who's a, a rich one-eyed pervert called Pegasus. <laughs> He's not um, a pervert. He's probably, he's probably. I'm, I'm, I'm not letting my kids near Pegasus. Oh, okay. Um, I don't have kids though, so that's why. And Pegasus, Pegasus isn't real. No, yeah, yeah. Just I'm like not your kids. Them watch <laughs> um, uh, but also most, um, probably more notably than Pegasus is the young, whiny yet wildly successful technology entrepreneur Seto Kaiba. Um, Yugi is helped along the way by his dual monster expert granddad, his high school friends Joey, Tristan, Taya, and Bakura, uh, <laughs> as well as Yami, an ancient Egyptian pharaoh who possesses Yugi <laughs> through the Millennium Puzzle, which is yeah. a little gold pyramid which Yugi wears around his neck. Um, Yami looks identical to Yugi, only is a little bit taller, and his eyes go from cute to angry, um, and he has a different voice, but is voiced by the same actor. Yeah. Is all of that correct? <laughs> this uh, is... More or less, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't know, like, and, and I'm sure you people are going to be, um, this is going to be a, a very correction-heavy episode for our <laughs> listeners. I hope um, so. But I don't know how accurate it is to say um that like to call the separate character yami like that's more of a nickname yami yugi um or spoilers for the Yu-Gi-Oh! jaw monsters anime uh the spirit's real name is artem what a spoiler (laughs) (laughs) it is like this massive it's like it sounds funny to say that but it's like this massive mystery throughout the series and it's like only revealed in the final season and it's like a big thing about finding out what his name is but it's like the fact that his name is artem it's like we've never heard it anywhere else Mm. Um, and so it's just like, it's just a a new word we find out. Yeah. Okay. So Yu-Gi-Oh! What was, what's, give us a brief rundown. Let's do our, our experiences with Yu-Gi-Oh! Before we get into the film. Okay. So Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Briefly, briefly. Don't spend the whole bloody episode talking about it. Just, (laughs) just, you know. Okay. So Yu-Gi-Oh! Was one of my, you know, one of my go-to anime as a kid. There was, um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Dragon Ball Z is obviously like, 
a big one. Um, Card Captors was another one. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and fuck well, it. Card Captors was great, man. They're all the um, same show. No, they're not. They're all the same show. They all were made to sell card games or toys, collectibles. <sighs> Is, are you going to be like this the whole episode? <laughs> if you're going to correct me the whole episode, I'm I'm entitled to state my... Well, fine. I'll just let Spoodle Goop on our Discord <laughs> correct you. That's um, fine. Uh, so, yeah, it was one that I was, like, really into, yeah, when I was a kid. Um, and then, and I, and I had like a fucking massive deck. I remember like going to, um, to dueling contests on the weekend. Um, Mm. one of which I went to and I like, didn't really know anyone and they were mean to me and I cried. Um, Mm. and then I, and I almost immediately got my plot of the first movie we're going to be talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then, um, yeah, I, I. It's funny, I, I, there's an episode of the, of the anime that I distinctly remember being the last episode I watched um, mm-hmm. because it's like they enter a virtual world and I was like, this is Jump the Shark and I stopped watching. It's the, like, it's the first episode of a season or, or an arc. Um, and then I found out I was on Netflix one night and I was like, huh, this is fun. <laughs> like, and so I just watched like one of the, the classic duels kind of thing that was spread out over five episodes. Um, and then... Mm-hmm. So this was last year. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! again. And then, um, so yeah, all like 250-ish episodes. Um, I I watched, because I also was like, I want to get like real into an anime before I go to Japan. So I can like go there and be like, find all cool. Um, and so I watched like One Punch Man and I started to watch, just started to rewatch like Dragon Ball, um, Kai and... Um, yeah, there was like a bunch that um, a friend of mine from work who who is into anime like gave me all of his DVDs, and then eventually he had to stop doing that because I wasn't watching them because I was just watching Yu Gi Oh on Netflix. <laughs> um, and then I got to the episode that I distinctly remember being my last episode, and then it turns out I'd actually watched like another fifty episodes after that. <laughs> then so I was like, oh cool, this is nice. familiar because once it stopped being familiar, it obviously wasn't as like interesting to me because it didn't have that like nostalgia angle but it is like genuinely it's a good time and it's um when i first started rewatching it um because because jess got into it as well mainly the first season which i think is probably a bit more like accessible because it's the the rules of door monsters are a lot more simplified um but we were staying in a in a little cabin we had a little little um you know getaway uh for, for her birthday and um it was like the thing we discovered about that makes Yu-Gi-Oh great is that they describe everything that's happening on screen. So you could go make a snack in the kitchen, you could go to the right. toilet, and you'll be able to follow every single thing that happens because it's yeah, it's 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 out <laughs> outrightly like explained to you. Mm. And so yeah, that it's one is, of those. Just, it's easy to watch and and fun. That is a very um. A very diehard defense of one of the things I dislike about what I've seen of the show now, but we'll get to that more uh, <laughs> later. Um, so my experience with Yu-Gi-Oh! is, as I said, I was 10 years old, too cool for it. All the kids were into it. I wasn't into it. Um, I, my brother was real into it, though, so I saw, saw a lot of episodes. 
And I remember I, we we discovered through just our personal correspondence this week that I re- retained a lot more information yeah. about Yu-Gi-Oh than either of us realized. Like I was cranking out character names and and plot arcs and things. Like nobody's business. Yeah, yeah. And that I didn't I didn't even know that I knew these things. Um, but the thing is that I I was too cool for a lot of things when I was younger that I've since come to be not too cool for. Um, like Lord of the Rings, I was too cool. For for Lord of the Rings when I was a kid, the movies, and now I I, I love Lord of the Rings as much as the next <laughs> as much Kiwi as I love Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> <laughs> as much as the next Kiwi who's you know blood runs who's, who's essentially forced to veins. like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that, that's a very I do like Lord. I genuinely like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> just listening, and we have to say that <laughs> I my my friends started rewatching Yu Gi Oh around a similar time to you. Not that you're not one of my friends; we just live in different cities, so <laughs> I wasn't affected by you rewatching it. Um, and I caught, uh, I think I caught the the first episode and the second episode on Netflix when they were getting back into it, and I was just like, "This is real bad." <laughs> and I remember I messaged you, and I was like, "Watch some Yu Gi Oh," and you're like, "Oh yeah," I was like pretty bad man and you're like haha yeah and i was like well what is the like even on our discord all our all the diehard Yu-Gi-Oh fans on the discord seem to be like that's the response when you criticize it is like oh man totally it's very accepting of of flaws fan base well yeah it's i don't know i think it's just it's a it's a good fan base um mm. we I was going to say we call ourselves something, but I'm sure there is like a name for Yu-Gi-Oh fans, which I'm not privy to. And so I didn't want to incorrectly create one. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. It's like, I fucking love it to death, but I'm I'm not necessarily here to convert you. Um, there's a lot of things that I, I like that I won't necessarily defend. Um, right. And, and yeah i mean i guess the term i'm looking for is guilty pleasure um mm. but it is like yeah there's i don't know there's just, there's it's and i'm not it's not even that i'm enjoying it in an ironic sense i'm not like oh my god it's so bad it's good like i genuinely get enjoyment out of it and it's um yeah i don't know it's uh, the, the predictability of it and and you come to to love these characters and it makes it yeah it's just a nice easy watch right well i'm sure that Maybe were I to watch all of Dual Monsters and it's 200 and something episodes. Which we'll do for a future episode of Film Franchise (laughs) Follow-Ups on the Patreon. Uh, maybe I would come to to enjoy it, but having just this sample size and it's not a like this this I I hazard to call this a film franchise because they're not congruent to each other. What are like, you going to call them, this episode? Like you know you, you normally have like trilogy or series yeah, or franchise. I guess this is the Yu Gi Oh movies because yeah, they're not the, the Yu Gi Oh theatrically released media. Yeah, because they're not intended to be watched as a four movie series yeah, yeah, either. Yeah. So let's just get into it. So the first thing we watched was 30 minutes long, um, and that was called Yu-Gi-Oh! or colloquially referred to as Yu-Gi-Oh! 1999. Yeah. Um, that was directed by Junji Shimizu, um, and I don't think this film is on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so yeah. this is where we're starting. This is the... the um, the very format-breaking uh, movie that we watched for this episode. Can you tell us what is Yu-Gi-Oh! 99 about? Um, so it's about a, a shy, young, wannabe duelist um, who comes across the rare Red-Eyes Black Dragon card. Um, let me pull up a plot synopsis. Yu-Gi-Oh! 199. Shogu? Shogo? Yeah. Shugo? Um, 
And Shugo. Yeah, essentially, um, Yugi says, like, well, he's like, oh, I don't want to duel because I like this card and I'm scared of losing it. And then Kaiba's like, give me that card. And Yugi's like, not so fast. And then he gets the card. Like, he, he, he duels Kaiba to mm. allow him to keep the card. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of, of this? Um, it, it's fine. So there's... And I'm sure you have this in your research, um, <laughs> but there's sure. like the 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 infamous season zero of mm. the of the Door Monsters anime, um, yeah. which is supposedly a more direct adaptation of the manga, um, and it's mm-hmm. like, uh, and, and so this is kind of part of that. It's before like it really hit the mainstream with with Door Monsters, which is the like subtitle for the the first anime. Um, the series that everyone is familiar with yeah, the is one with the, that Yugi's the main character of this season zero was like a dry test run of what the series would be a couple of years before dual monsters it looks exactly the same and it just yeah it's, it's just definitely like Japanese. lower budget and it's and, yeah, it's, and yeah. it's clearly older but um yeah, yeah i don't know it, it was i i found it fun uh, watching it like again it's a very easy watch it's only 30 minutes mm. long and yeah it's, it's just fun seeing like a proto like essentially a pilot for something that i'm so familiar with yeah yep so i yeah i thought um i thought this was real bad really (laughs) i didn't enjoy this at all (laughs) um but that is going to be a common theme i think uh but so yeah it's it's it it feels like a pilot uh but the but season zero aired in 1998 so Mm. season zero came before um 99 and so I it's I looked it up and it's like it goes it, it adapts this chapter of this volume and it's it's like this crossover and the same chapter gets adapted twice or something like that right. and it, it doesn't go to the end of the series. So I, I don't know, I didn't watch the show. I just watched this thirty <laughs> know, minute like, snippet. It, it does feel like um uh yeah, maybe maybe like having not seen season zero myself, um I like it feels like this you know season zero was one thing and then this is kind of like a test run that would then be adapted into dual monsters maybe because like like this kind of bridges the gap between the two yeah speculation on my end of course yeah because as confusing as research researching this movie was I think it's all in bloody it's in some other language (laughs) part of my confusion comes from the fact that this movie works so well as an entry point into the series that I was like of course this is the pilot like so, they tell so you, you enjoyed the, it? No, it just tells you the rules <laughs> no, of the no. game. It tells you the rules Shut of the up, game. I didn't compliment it. It, it, yeah, it yeah. introduces all the characters, and including one who's never in it again, um, who's Shugo, the the kid with yeah, the yeah. It is funny. The um, there's the red eyes, black dragon, this, which explains the the show, and it's and it's Joey or Joe Nucci's, um, mm. as he's called in the in the original. Um, he's like explaining how to play. And he shows off his deck, and, and he's the one that explains like, "Oh, you got to balance it out with like trap cards and magic cards, and it's all about like finding this balance and building the perfect deck." And then, like right at the start of the Door Monsters anime, Yugi's like, <laughs> "Joey's like, oh, Yug, why do I suck so much at dueling?" And then Yugi's like, "Let me, uh, let me have a look at your deck, Joey." And then he looks through, and he's like, "Yeah, pretty, pretty cool deck, eh? All monsters." And it's like. And so he had this deck for so long, which is just like all these shitty monsters. And then right. he gives them a, um, a, like he gives them some magic cards or whatever. Um, and then from then on, he becomes um, 
a third-rate duelist with a fourth-rate deck, as Kyber um, describes him. But he, in his own right, becomes a um, a reasonably powerful duelist. Mm. So there you go. In, in in brief terms, how you play dual monsters is you have a you have a monster card that has a, a certain number of attack points, and yeah. if your opponent has more attack points, they can defeat your monster, but you also have trap cards and other things which yeah. booster up your initial monsters uh, yeah, or several and monsters. Yeah, and you've got um, life points, and so the, the, the whole point of the yeah. game is, yeah, it's trying to lower the other person's life points to zero. Um, if you attack a monster that's in attack mode, um, the larger one, the, the larger amount of attack points is... The, diff- the the difference is taken. Yeah. The the largest one has right of way. <laughs> yeah, and the difference between attack points is taken off the yep. losers' life points, so, and yeah, you try to get them to zero. A lot of this this episode we watched, Yugi's sort of pl- not really the main character. Movie, it's you more, mean. it's huh? Movie, you mean? Movie. Um, <laughs> it's more it's more Shogu Shogo is is the the main character. Yeah. Um, and his kind of conflict comes from the fact uh, that he's too timid. He's too timid to play and he doesn't think he can play his extremely valuable card because he doesn't believe he can win. And it's like, just play it with friends, man. <laughs> like his, his, yeah. first, his first introduction is he goes to like this internationally televised tournament. He goes to the, <laughs> that is like, this is where we expect you to, to play for the first time. It's like, I get, I get maybe like, oh, I don't want to play it because if I lose... I'll lose. I'll get the card taken off me. I think in yeah. some variation of rules. But you can play in a lounge with Yugi and just see if you're you know, yeah, like yeah, learn. Just see if you enjoy it. Yeah. It's so it's so weird. And then when the, so Yami Yugi comes out and versus Kaiba at at the end in the um the televised tournament. Yeah. And it turns out that that Joey swiped the the red eyes black dragon and gave it to to yugi so that he could use it in this fight but yugi or yami refuses to use it until shogu uh believes (laughs) i I can't handle this shit man it's so intangible what do you like if if someone's like i'm only going to use it when you believe i'd be like okay i believe you can't prove i don't believe (laughs) you know i don't know there's there's a lot of stuff in, in here about like the power of friendship there is a lot of stuff about the power of friendship. Um, I don't know. It just it's the <laughs> it's just so intense. And like, there's there's like FBI agents. Well, they're not they're Kyber's men, so I guess they're not FBI. But they're like men in black suits and sunglasses who are like trying to to grift and steal people's cards and stuff. And it's like the this this brings me to one of the two biggest problems I have with the Yu-Gi-Oh! universe. So it's introduced in this one and is just amplified in, <laughs> in, in later movies. And that is, why does everyone take this so seriously? Yeah, yeah. People are willing to die. People are willing to destroy the universe, the fabric of space-time, <laughs> over a card game. And it's, it's, at it's the so entire- funny because the real world, like version of that is like like because you go like oh everyone everyone solves every problem by playing a children's card game and you try and think of an example it's like it's like if you solved every problem 
by playing Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's an the the Yu-Gi-Oh universe is a universe governed by a children's card game. Yeah. And it's it, it's staggering. It's staggering. In the show's defense, <laughs> it is based on like this is a a universe where magic exists and mm-hmm. there was like powerful magic that was locked away in the pharaoh yami yugi who's the spirit of an of an ancient egyptian pharaoh artem um spoilers like he 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 locked it away the magic and then when pegasus like discovered these like ancient egyptian ruins he like based a card game of it but he accidentally like imbued the cards with these power so there is like as we'll get to in the next film the egyptian god cards which Mm. actually like you like there's there's a, a whole thing in the anime where there's like um one of them is the winged dragon of ra and they made like counterfeit versions of those and it's like you would fucking die if you played one because it angered the gods who are very real i guess i guess my cynicism comes from the fact that all of that's whatever for a story but like the shadow games that they're based on they they weren't cards were they they were actual monsters and so the cards are like facsimiles right, yeah, 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 yeah. of the monsters. And my cynicism comes from like the marketing aspect of like turning them into cards so you can play with the cards. Like I like Pokemon as much as the next person who kind of doesn't care about Pokemon, right? Pokemon is more where it's at, in my opinion, because Pokemon are actual monsters that have personalities and the card game is just the a realistic and tangible application of that for the real world. Yeah, there there is um yeah, there's there is some weird stuff about like being able to talk to and um as we'll see in Bonds Beyond Time, one of the the the, the protagonist from Yu-Gi-Oh GX, which was like the first spin-off to Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, he can like communicate with dual monsters spirits. And ah. I, I I don't that goes beyond my understanding because I've only seen dual monsters, but um that feels weird to me. Because and he like falls in love with one of them and then they combine or something <laughs> oh like God. that. <laughs> because like it is still just a game. Even if it's imbued with power, the fact that a game is imbued with power is a, a, a silly concept, in my opinion. Like, sure. Fr- from from the get go, and it reminds me of um, you know, Ouija boards. Yeah, yeah. So Ouija boards like have this this such a lore around them that you can communicate with the dead and like these horror movies based around Ouija boards. Ouija boards were invented by like Hasbro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they they are a product. They are a board game. They're not like this ancient mysterious artifact. They are a 20th century board game. Mm. And so it just, you know, and so like you say like, oh, there's the Egyptian God cards, but it's like, okay, but whoever manufactures dual monster cards still manufactures. Are you talking about in real life or like Pegasus? In Pegasus, yeah. Right. Like it's it's still manufactured. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. know. He wants to make a buck. I don't know. If I discovered some fucking ancient Egyptian gods, <laughs> you'd think I'm, go- I'm not going to make a card game out of them? So the second thing that I, that bugs me about, the Yu-Gi-Oh universe is I don't think the game is necessarily bad. It's I don't have a problem with the game, right? That's fine. But in that's fiction, your problem. <laughs> your problem is you don't have a problem. You're like, <laughs> oh god, I wish there were more things to be angry at. Like if you're if you're playing the game in real life with cards, I can see that being fun if you're into it. I wouldn't be opposed to to learning how to play a game of Yu-Gi-Oh with some. Powers. You wouldn't be opposed to maybe borrowing Steven's deck and having a live streamed duel against me. We should do a film franchise follow-ups on Patreon. That's just a um, 
a Yu-Gi-Oh game. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> that's that's all fine. If you're into it, you're into it. You know, I'm not here to tell you not to like a hobby. But when writers are, and, it, and it's, it's a fictional show, and writers are choosing which card gets drawn, yeah. it removes the point, in my opinion. Because every battle in Yu-Gi-Oh ends up being deus ex machina after deus ex machina. Right? So it's, I'm going to draw this card that can do this. And then the other player goes, <laughs> You fool. My trap card specifically undoes the exact thing you just set up. <laughs> this happens every game that I've seen of Duel Monsters. Yeah, is- I, I don't think that's a hundred percent specific to the show though there is a lot of that in the actual game as well but the game feels the game is truly random right you don't out of your deck you don't actually get to choose which i don't know it depends on whether or not you believe in the heart of the cards it depends on whether or not you believe in the heart of the cards the extremely convenient plot device that is essentially putting what i just said about it being deus ex machina after deus ex machina into the text of the universe it's cheating it's cheating that's what makes it exciting though i don't know it's like i don't like, think it makes it not exciting i've never th- seen i've I never seen someone lose you can um i think if you look at Yu-Gi-Oh, like a sports franchise and it's like um you know you look at Airbud, and you don't go like every kick is being written i, I for some reason when i said Airbud, i immediately went to um golden retriever um <laughs> so that's why i said every kick but like you every know ev- every play is written by someone and directed by someone and so mm. it's just like it takes the fun out of it because yeah but there is a plenty of it, but it's, it's like it's the same thing there is a less number of things you can do to win a basketball game than there is n- a number of things you can do to win a dual monsters game. well i don't know if, we, if we're saying that a dog can play basketball there's a seeming <laughs> and that and that you aliens can challenge you to a basketball game that's not ever that's space jam um but like um then yeah who's to say the rules aren't equally as infinite no what i what i <laughs> god damn it no no because <laughs> what i'm more saying is that like i never in the four movies we watched never once did someone was someone like up against the wall with like what their opponent's cards were and then they looked at their deck and was like oh fuck this is the fucking like the the maid of the grapevine or something and she can't do anything but i have to play it i've only i've only drawn that yeah that does happen when you're playing in real it life. it does happen when you're playing in real life and that's what i mean is like i've seen the blue eyes white dragon and i've seen the dark magician i've seen those are the only cards yugi must have a thousand dark magicians in his deck i'm calling him out yugi has a stacked deck of dark magicians because that's the only card he ever pulls but it's because he believes in the heart of the cards but i'm an atheist when it comes to the heart of the cards i think it's just fixed shuffling i think you're just shuffling it conveniently i'm agnostic when it comes to the heart of the cards um they do they do show in um more in the anime when you've got a bit more time but like that you hand your deck to your opponent to shuffle um right and uh yeah i don't know i guess it's just the heart of the cards it is I guess it, it, it's just the heart it, of the this cards. is this is the a wizard did it of the um yeah of, of Yu-Gi-Oh. anything yeah. any complaints you have the heart of the cards this heart wasn't actually cards. you claim that this isn't actually a movie heart of the cards too. heart of the cards mate uh, so speaking of the Blue Eyes White Dragon, um, which is Kaiba's go-to, his classic, the Kaiba classic, yeah. um, 
his this we get and the it's, first and I guess instance. It's, like, it's, it's the closest thing to like a Pikachu of yeah. the of the cards, where it's like the yeah, one yeah. that you're likely to know, even if you don't really know anything about the show. Exactly. Um, uh, we get the first instance in Yu-Gi-Oh! 1999 of the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, which is the three-headed merging of Kaiba's three Blue Eyes White Dragon cards. Uh, something which is treated as pretty climactic, and but in this film, uh, in this film, but. Uh, we see either the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon or some even more ultimate version show <laughs> up multiple times across each film. Yeah. The, the film we're about to talk about, the the next one, it happens twice and both is like, yeah, but you'd never seen this before. <laughs> like, I just saw it the second time. It's like, yeah. I just saw it happen. Now, I know that you know that you don't actually technically see the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon in this film. Because it's it's a proto version of of that idea, yeah. um, where it's like because um, because I think at this point in Door Monsters, like each kind of generation of Door Monsters, the actual card game, like introduces new, like which are tied in with like a new anime. So there's things like Pendulum Summoning and um, uh, Synchro Summoning, um, and there was no fusion at this point, I believe. And so it's like there right. was something you could do that would like harness the three of them together. So it's like they're still three separate monsters but they something connects them so they have more attack power but they can only attack once amongst the three of them mm. and then Dormos has introduced polymerization yeah aka fusion which was allowed the blue eyes ultimate dragon but any any <laughs> any like super evolution of the blue eyes white dragon is just the same thing to me it's just different words and a different yeah there, there's there's some stuff in um in pyramid of light dark side of dimensions that I've I've read the text on the real card and I don't I fully understand what it does. <laughs> <laughs> um so and the only other thing I have left to say on this before we move on is less about this movie and more just to for those who have never seen the show and need a need uh, like desperately trying to scramble any kind of th- image in their mind's eye. Kaiba is a as I said he's like a an entrepreneur who has created technology which turns a dual monsters game into a virtual reality simulation where the monsters actually come out of the cards and stuff like that and as i as i sent a tweet out last night saying that the most realistic thing about Yu-Gi-Oh, or the most relatable thing about Yu-Gi-Oh, is that everyone begrudgingly uses the technology made by a rich asshole that nobody likes um (laughs) which is true to real life because i use facebook i use google i don't use amazon that much but i have an alexa so yeah yeah if, and, I, if um, I had to use amazon i, I don't know what is google who, who made google is it like a well google the company though is just spying on you and we're oh, yeah. we're we're recording this call on google hangouts and they'll be seeing everything <laughs> they'll, they'll get this episode before it comes out <laughs> yeah all right any more thoughts on Yu-Gi-Oh 99 no, nah, just check it out. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. All right. Well, Richard, the next thing we're going to talk about, uh, I would say next movie, but the last one, arguably, um, wasn't a movie. Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is Yu-Gi-Oh! The Movie, Pyramid of Light. Uh, that's Yu-Gi-Oh! Exclamation mark, the movie, colon, Pyramid of Light. Uh, 2004 if you want to get even more specific it's you hyphen gi hyphen o exclamation mark the movie colon pyramid of light this was directed by (laughs) this was directed in 2004 by hatsuki tsushi tsushi i'm sorry i'm i'm not trying to do it bad i just don't know how to say it t-s-u-j-i 
Suji. How'd you say that? Suji. Uh, and what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, well, I know for a fact this has five on Rotten Tomatoes. This has 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> a, a, a rating after my own heart, Richard. Um, <laughs> and what is this movie about? Um, and also, the Rotten Tomatoes score for this is famously the second worst reviewed animated film of mm-hmm. the 2000s. The worst being Happily Never After, which was a exactly. Shrek ripoff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is about... Um, there's another fucking tournament. Um, <laughs> fuck, what does happen in this one? Okay, so... Um, uh, this is set just after Battle City, which was uh, a tournament in the show, um, and which Yugi won, obviously, and then has uh, managed to obtain all three legendary god cards, which is what I referenced before. Sly for the Sky Dragon, Obelisk the Tormentor, and the Winged Dragon of Ra. Um, and then Kaiba um, goes to Pegasus, uh, the creator of Duel Monsters, and says, I want to duel you, and the prize is a card that can beat the god cards so that's like his whole motivation is he wants a card that can defeat the gods um and then they end up um Takaba makes like another is it a full tournament he makes or he just like challenges yugi no it's yeah just like well it's the pyramid of light is is what he uses that's what creates the like stadium that they fight in. yeah um yeah so he ends up yeah Kaiba challenges yugi to a duel he plays the pyramid of light and then things are going a bit uh go a bit sideways um where things are clearly starting to um a bit yugi oh no (laughs) yes um and then um uh kaiba's knocked out and um then yugi uh sorry god um kaiba gets knocked out and then is like essentially resurrected as um anubis um Mm. who was like the egyptian god of death and then yami and yugi yami yugi work together to defeat anubis in um, a card game in a card game (laughs) yeah thus uh ensuring the fate of the world is in good hands Mm. so this was the first feature-length spin-off of a major popular of a mega popular uh children's tv series or game that was produced in japan for an american theatrical premiere and release uh, yeah so this was made by japan for america at the request of america essentially at the request of america and has since been violently decanonized yeah. um what did you think of this film um it, it is like um again i guess it's the i guess you'd call it a guilty pleasure um and that but it's like i can very much see why this has five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. i think maybe five percent is a little bit harsh um but yeah i don't know like again it's 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 almost like fun being in on the joke knowing that other people won't be <laughs> so like watching right. this being like haha yeah get him yugi and like yeah, aj's not gonna know what this means <laughs> like that's right. that's where some of my enjoyment um came out of it and it is it, it is very 2004 american anime like there's mm. pop punk songs um while kaiba flies in a blue eyes white dragon jet um yeah. very silly yeah 
So what did you more think than that, it? though, I thought it was real bad. That's what I. I literally just copied. What did you think of this film? I thought it was real bad. Nice for like every every film we're talking about. <laughs> um, but more than that, I was expecting something a bit more next level. Um, but this felt just like a long episode of the show. I think I reckon this is the worst feature film based on a TV show I've ever seen. Wow! Because TV show movies should take. The, take take the characters to a place that the series on TV can't. Yeah. Right? Like how you see Bart's dick in the Simpsons movie. <laughs> yeah. Or like how they pull the finger. Or even more than that, like the, the adventure in the Simpsons movie is like an unprecedented thing for the Simpsons yeah. to um, go through, right? But And also, because like not only that, but like even just the way like like it's it's been remastered um mm. and so like it was originally you know look, looked a lot shittier i think but like the actual pyramid of light to me looks like a cost saving exercise right um because it means like they're in this big stadium but then it's covered by a pyramid of light and so um the 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 two shot shot reverse shot of yugi and kaiba the background of it is like just this white with a little bit of texture um mm. And it, it just, it, it seems lazy. It reminds me of um, when I was in intermediate school, um, we had to like draw comic books. Um, and I did one called Spider Bunny. And it was, I drew a bunny and I and I like put the Spider-Man pattern on him. Um, and I did like this little adventure. It was only like a page long or whatever. Um, but I didn't draw any backgrounds. And um, the teacher gave it back to me and said, there isn't enough detail in this. And so I... <laughs> I handed it back to her like a week later or whatever, like the next day, um, so that the the first panel has Spider Bunny um, <laughs> saying, uh, "Oh, where is so and so gone? I haven't seen them since we transported to this dimension, which is entirely white." <laughs> and then she failed me, and I said, "That's there's a story reason that it's like that." <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think I should. I think like if fuck if I was the teacher, I would have given me like ten A pluses. You should have just been like, oh, it's a wizard did it. Yeah, it was the heart of the cards. It was the heart of the cards. It was the, around the time I was into Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. But yeah, I I was expecting like a a globe-trotting adventure. Like my my what little knowledge I had of this film before I saw it was that it's it was part I remember hearing that it was partially a prequel to the show, which it kind of is very briefly at the start well, when it's yeah, a flashback. Do, doing a very inadequate job of getting you up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> and the I you know I thought we were going to go to ancient Egypt in this movie. I thought we were going to like go to places that you only dream of going in the show, but they don't mm. they don't go anywhere. And they actually do go to ancient Egypt in the show. So so yeah, and I thought of that as well as I was, as I wrote that. I was like, I bet like there's nowhere the show goes that you couldn't. You know, there's nowhere the movie would go that you couldn't go in a sh- in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the latter half of the film uh, is just a big duel monsters game between Yami and Kaiba, and mate, I just switch off during the battles. <laughs> as soon as it's the back and forth, I I prick up again when it's like, oh my god, something plot is happening. But when it's yeah. like, I play this card, I play this card, it's like I'm watching sport. It's like I've been roped in to the to the rugby game, and I yeah. have to sit in the lounge with everyone who's very excited by rugby while I politely try to not be a down buzz but i'm also really yeah. bored i find myself I, I i get into rugby when i watch it like if, if it's an important game like i'm not just gonna watch some fucking 
test and be like, oh, cool. But when it, like I've watched the Rugby World Cup final like a few times, and I do find myself getting into it. And I like you and I have similar reactions to sport. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, and I would say that like the the duels aren't my favorite part of the show by any means. I, um, as I said before, like I I genuinely like quite like these characters. And there's a lot of the filler episodes that people tell you to skip. I I love those. I love the, the like like there's an episode of um, Dragon Ball Z when Piccolo and Goku learn how to drive, and it's the best one. I feel like Dragon Ball Z's got more variety. Oh no, actually probably doesn't. <laughs> like all of these kids anime shows, and kids as in kids watch them as in four kids made. that um, play the um, American yeah, studio yeah. that dubbed them. What's this type of anime called? You told me once. Shonen. Shonen. All those kinds of shows are like there's so much like what I presume is um, inexpensive to animate filler filling out like pokemon has pokemon battles Yu-Gi-Oh has has jewels and yeah dragon ball z has like those fame one of the only things i know about dragon ball z is that fights go on for like six yeah then they're powering up and, and whatnot yeah. um yeah so yeah like because there there is a lot of a lot of people yourself included um like you kind of just see anime as being like a, a genre because they just associate it with a shonen which is a genre um but it's like um like when i was trying to convince you to watch your name um mm. and you know you're like oh, i don't really like anime it's like it's like saying you won't watch schindler's list because you don't like drake and josh <laughs> i agree yeah no i totally get it yeah. i I'm, i understand that i'm not i'm not gonna um I, yeah. and for the record when i watch like studio ghibli and stuff like i i more times than not i'll get into it it's just the, yeah you just don't working like myself up to yeah yeah and I, I think it is definitely like a um, a barrier that a lot of people overcome. And but it's like, yeah, I mean, like once you get us to a certain age, you kind of realize that animation isn't a genre. And like, I have yeah. met people that are like, oh, fucking, I don't watch that because it's it's animated, it's for kids. And it's yeah. like, like animation is such a rich art form that it like you yeah. know spans so much, and then yeah, it's man. just made in a different country. What a what a bummer that animation got lumped into like kids entertainment. Mm. Because it's so much harder than anything else, <laughs> any other filmmaking. Earlier in the film, when Kaiba battles Pegasus for the card that'll destroy the god cards, um, Kaiba takes out some of Pegasus's toon monsters. Yes. Because um, Pegasus has toon monsters. Yeah, that's like his, his meta. Right. His meta. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm using that correctly, but like, um, there's like... In the in the real world game, there's like metas, or like like um, how Brock from Pokemon is a rock Pokemon. Yeah, I guess. Or, or it's monster. like yeah. Um, they, they, I, I guess meta refers to like strategies or like specific um right. groups of cards that you would have in your deck or entire decks. I think um that it's like yeah, you 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 have to have a certain strategy and things like that. So Pegasus uses Toon cards, which are or Toon monsters, which are like cartoon versions, which is already in a cartoon. So yeah, yeah. You deal with that. Um, anyway, Kaiba takes out the the Toon monsters that Pegasus has set up, and Pegasus says something like, "How dare you? They were just innocent Toons." And it's like, first of all, they aren't actually living creatures, and secondly, that's the point of the game like yeah you know when, know. you know when i think pl- you're i think you're looking too much into a throwaway line no no but but he's so he's like mad at him he's like how dare you do that and if you've yeah. ever played i hate it when you're playing a game and people get mad at you for acting in your best interests when it's like and it's like against them like you're playing settlers of Catan and you like 
take someone's road and they, they get real mad at you. And it's like, what? <laughs> this is the game. Yeah, this I don't is know. the game. I, yeah, people are emotional. Like <laughs> this, this is very like I don't understand other people's emotions, and I and I do not care to respond to them. But Pegasus knows. Like I don't. Pegasus is too it. professional <laughs> for for this. Yeah, yeah. Don't invent the game, Pegasus. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have be a, a whiny whinge, little bitch about it <laughs> when a character when a character defeats you, God. Yeah. All right. Well, I just thought that was dumb. Thought we could enjoy that little dumb moment together. But well, we did. I think that I think people are going to talk about this being the highlight of the podcast. Let's find out. Um, Let's find out right now. Just stop the podcast, release it immediately. <laughs> so going back to what I was saying, one of the the key fundamental things that annoys me about the series that everyone takes the game so seriously, right? So essentially, what happens is Kyber when he defeats Pegasus, he like in a hilarious misunderstanding, takes like an actual ancient Egyptian magical artifact instead of the card that (laughs) Pegasus was going to give him. And so when he starts this game with Yugi, what he's actually done is summoned the Lord, Dark Lord Anubis, who if (laughs) he wins against Yugi, will take the Egyptian God cards and the, no, he'll take the the Millennium Puzzle puzzle and like essentially wreak havoc, destroy the world. So the stakes of the game are so much higher and kaiba is such a like brick wall that yami and yugi and stuff being like kaiba this is the fate of the universe and kaiba's like you're just scared that i will beat you and take your egyptian god cards and it's like i would just be like do you want the cards (laughs) if (laughs) the fate of the universe is at stake i'd be like hey if we stop playing now, I will just give you the cards. <laughs> you know what so I mean? Funny. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's so, it's like, their the, the, the conclusion is like, damn, guess I'm going to have to still try and defeat him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, to be fair, I don't think Kaiba would take that. Like, he, he, he he's, he's a man of honor. Um, and I think he would still want to defeat them in a duel. He's um, Donald Trump. He's, but he's it, it, a, is, it is funny though that, that like that, and it's kind of, it's almost a running joke in the series, but like only for, it's not like a running joke that's acknowledged in the show. Um, um, but that like Kaiba on on hundreds of occasions has been exposed to real magic and just goes, please, <laughs> and and like yeah, the whole you're just scared to duel me. <laughs> and it's like it's like i can understand if you thought i was trying to trick you i will literally forfeit the game i will forfeit yeah. like if it's a real game and the, and it's just the only stakes are it's playing the game for your reputation it's like yeah fuck you i'll, I'll beat you because i can beat you but if it's like the universe is at stake it's like hey man i will walk over to you and give you the egyptian cards <laughs> yeah um when when Anubis is unleashed, and by the way, he's not even a jackal; he's just a man. Yeah, it's the coolest thing about Anubis is that he's, <laughs> um, he's he's he sort of like rises out of the amulet or whatever it is that Kyber is in possession of, and um, he like puts his hand on Kyber's head and like turns him towards him to be like, "Get out of here now! I'm versing the Pharaoh." Like, fuck, he should have just killed him. <laughs> <laughs> he should have killed Kyber. He should have ripped his head off. It would have been so cool. And like the dramatic beat is there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like the the story structure. I've seen in similar films the like foolhardy villain unleash the the bigger evil and then 
you know that's the punishment for the crime like karmically kyber is a fucking nightmare so yeah. he should and it's and it's not canon so just kill him yeah like i I, i'm be curious enough like while they were making this movie they knew it would be decanonized um because it's it's immediately decanonized and the next because we haven't seen pegasus since the end of season one i think it's been briefly mentioned and this and this um movie is set just after season three um and then the first episode of season four like kyber calls pegasus and is like oh i haven't spoken to you since the end of season one yeah, <laughs> and it's like just one line that immediately tells you the movie isn't canon. Mm. And also, it's, I guess it's a kids' movie, so you can't rip someone's head off in a kids' movie. But yeah, there probably it was is just that as well. Like my Spielbergian, you know, compass was like the the lawyer in Jurassic Park or the the um Spielberg famous for ripping characters. No, no, nah, nah, but like the, the or the um the hunter in the Lost World who like kicks the compies and then gets eaten alive by them. Yeah. Like Kyber is so that character, right? Yeah, the yeah, one yeah. playing with fate, and and he's I dislike him so much that like it would have been quite cathartic to to see him get his get his head ripped off. <laughs> Uh, as I said before, we get two Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon reveals in this film. How'd you feel about them? Oh, very exciting. I wasn't expecting either of them. <laughs> and the second one, I was like, oh, they already did it the first time. I wouldn't expect them to do it again. <laughs> um, but the first time he summons him, it is in what we eventually learn is a simulated battle with a VR Yami who is programmed right down to his like tiny human nuances. <laughs> and it's like, that's right. He's like, like, he defeats him or something. And then like, it all glitches out and it turns out it's a simulation. It's like, that was him. That was the guy. That was such a good recreation of the person. It's like, <laughs> did they hire Yugi to voice act <laughs> the simulation? <laughs> um, and that actually happens again in um, uh, Dark Side of Dimensions. So just, it's like, if it was a dream, it's like, well, he could have dreamt it. But when it's a simulation, it's like, oh, God. It's a, <laughs> what, this this technology is better than the dual monsters technology, like the dual disc and the, the VR monsters. This is better. You could recreate. It's like in Spider-Man 2, how like Doc Ock's arms are more impressive than the tiny sun he builds. <laughs> like, forget the renewable energy source. You've just cured like multiple forms of like paralyzation. <laughs> exactly um so evidently though richard you and i or maybe only me is not the only person who didn't like this movie um so we talked a bit before about how it's the second Did you last write animated in the script that you and i didn't like it and you had to you had to adjust on the fly because i did like it no I've written the, well, yeah, I have to do adjust on the fly because I wrote the entire Rotten Tomatoes fun little stat, which you've already mentioned. So now I have to like. That's fucking payback for the um, most expensive movie ever made fun stat. (laughs) 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 So yeah, lowest animated film of the 2000s, according to Rotten Tomatoes behind Happily Never After. But it is also the lowest and was the lowest animated film on Metacritic for 12 years until the Emoji movie in 2017. Wow, that's cool. Um, It was also a commercial favorite making only 29 million worldwide on a budget of 20 million and if you don't know uh, a movie needs to make double its budget back to be considered not a failure not a flop <laughs> um so you, you might be like 20 no they made nine billion profit they it's made like, nine yeah, billion dollars profit it's the most <laughs> profitable movie of all time by <laughs> a margin of billions <laughs> 
Um, so the film was also heavily criticized for being completely inaccessible to anyone who'd never seen the show, uh, which I very much felt. But it also, it's like, that's such a fuck you to the the parents whose kids dragged them to see this. <laughs> like, at the very least, you could throw in a couple, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like it's, we, you watch these other, like, movies based on kids' shows, and it, it honestly feels like they're like, okay, parents. The Rugrats movies are great examples. Mm. That, that It's like, okay, parents, you've been dragged along to this. Let's let's have a couple of parents' jokes. Let's reintroduce you to you the concept. Let's, you know, make this an enjoyable thing. It's, it seems wholly unconcerned um, with with being, being that, uh, which I thought was whatever, because my investment would have been low either way. So, according to the Yu-Gi-Oh! wiki, uh, this movie is not canon, um, which, this, uh, sorry, that's why I wrote it down, because it's written really poorly, because it's on a wiki, and hmm. wikis suck. <laughs> as as good at, as, as, like, information gatherers as wikis are, they're also terrible. This is verbatim what it, says, what it says on the wiki. This movie is not canon, which is took place after the Battle City arc, uh, despite its seemingly alternate explanation of how Yugi Muto... M- Muto? Muto, yeah. Muto Wait, solved no, the Millennium Moto. Puzzle. Moto, sorry. Moto. And the inclusion of Anubis, who has not been seen, me- who has not been mentioned outside of the film in the film. Anubis is also never mentioned outside of the film. This <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> like three times. Um, so also from the wiki, if taken as canonical, the movie can be considered to take place between episodes 144 and 145. So as you said, between the third and fourth seasons, following the conclusion of the Battle City finals, but before walk- waking the dragons. Uh, the waking the dragons that follows- sucks. <laughs> Okay. The news report that follows the movie's title sequence makes it clear that the Battle City Finals have only recently concluded and Yugi has all three Egyptian god cards, which will be stolen from him at the start of Waking the Dragon's Ark. Uh, Further proof of this is when Mai showed a look of disdain upon seeing Yugi on the news, foreshadowing her story in the following arc. (laughs) Is that making sense? Yeah. Um... (laughs) It's funny as well. So, because Waking the Dragons um, is it's 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 very much like a filler arc. I think I think it's not in the manga, um, but they were just like, oh, we need an extra season. Um, I could be wrong though. But um, it it revolves around this card, which called the Seal of Orichalcos, which is essentially the Pyramid of of Light, <laughs> and um, and so it's like it's essentially this movie spread out over like you know 20 something mm. episodes um and oh my god it's like I, I found it really difficult to get through waking the dragons um wow but yeah there's Fair um enough. there's this have- character who is supposed to be australian or british and he um <laughs> talks about how he like got abandoned on like an island and he's like all i had was this card <laughs> and there's like this one card that that kept him through it um of course there was yeah because card cards are analogous to food yeah in <laughs> in the Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> universe do you have any more thoughts on pyramid of light no just check it out <laughs> it's good time <laughs> all right so the next uh, film we watched has a couple of titles um depending on what your preference is it's most commonly referred to as Yu-Gi-Oh bonds beyond time or Yu-Gi-Oh 3d bonds beyond time um, but the direct Japanese to English translation of the title is Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie, Super Fusion, Bonds That Transcend Time, which is 
very fun. Uh, it came out in 2010, directed by Kenichi Takashita, I think. Uh, it has no score on Rotten Tomatoes. The wiki tries to say, it has 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, no, <laughs> that's the audience score. That doesn't count. Funny. And even then, 67% isn't a very good score. <laughs> so um, what, is, what is Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie, Superfusion, Bonds That Transcend Time about? Okay, so what you need to know for this one is that Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, which starred uh, Yugi Moto, has had a few spin-off series. Um, GX, 5Ds, Zexel. Uh, there's a Zexel 2 as well. Um, Arc 5 or Arc V uh Vrains and sevens which actually only just came out this year um but so the first two of those gx and 5ds gx is um set not too long after the end of dual monsters aj you look so bored <laughs> um i'm listening sorry i was just taking a drink of water and then letting you do a bit of talking for a bit the fact that it took you so long to respond to me calling out for b- being bored just shows how bored you were <laughs> I am. I was thinking about this, but this stuff this is the most interesting stuff to me. Um, Spinoffs are so interesting to me. Um, this, is, so this is the best bit. GX, and I haven't watched GX or Five Days or any of them for that matter. Um, but so GX is set at like a dual academy, not that long after the events of Dual Monsters. Like, oh, like when I say not that long, it's like a, a decade-ish, you know, like maximum or something like that. Um, and then Five Days are set like quite far in the future. Um, hmm. And so the if the five main character, D's nuts. <laughs> the main character of Five D's is Yusei Fudo, um, who and in Five D's they like duel on motorcycles or something. Again, <laughs> I haven't watched fuck? it. Um, <laughs> you could not have a more like incompatible thing to do while playing a card game yeah. <laughs> than riding on motorbikes. Um, but essentially, so this um, this new villain called Paradox um comes to Yusei's time and then disappears and, and then shows up in uh Jaden Yuki who is uh the main character of GX's time and then eventually like the the movie culminates in that the protagonists from all three of these franchises end up in Yugi's time um and they uh, have to do like a three-way duel to defeat Paradox um and yeah just culminates in in the duel but um yeah that's kind of it (laughs) yep so this was the the 10-year celebration yeah of like this this one this one feels like this is why you do a movie right sure Uh, yeah right and it's a it's so it's only 50 minutes though yeah um, 60 minutes with the introduction um with the with the recap um but yeah like it is you know even if it's like a television event or whatever yeah. the, this feels it is, like and it this is, is this yeah. is where you go that the, the show can't necessarily that Maybe, like, yeah, you yeah, know this yeah. wouldn't make sense just being three episodes of the show what did you think of it uh so th- this one this is um i hadn't seen this before um uh, because i because i think that gx and 5d sounds stupid um oh well maybe um, don't be so quick to judge <laughs> <laughs> um but i've since apparently um, heard i i'm kind of keen to check out gx um because it seems like i could at least follow it um and five days um according to one of our discord members um, apparently is the best written one i struggle to to believe that the the dual monsters on motorbikes yeah. one is the best written one i'm sorry um but yeah <laughs> I, i'm 
so I was kind of hesitant going into it, but I ended up quite liking the the Yusei story storyline, and like I got on board with him reasonably quickly as a protagonist, and then and also like I haven't really explicitly said this, but I love the Pharaoh Yama Yugi. I love him so much, and so to just be able to see him again okay. made me so happy. Right. <laughs> right. I like I, I genuinely it. when I finished the series and I had to say goodbye to that character I was genuinely upset. I will respect that and not make fun of you for it. Um <laughs> what did you think I thought of this film? I thought I think you thought it was real bad. I thought it was pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> like, so- I like I think you even you would probably admit that you liked this more than the first two. Yep. Yeah, I'm not I don't even yeah, sure. Just, yeah. just like the yeah. first two sets, such a hard, like a low bar. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like it's less that I liked it more, and just that it's like, well, at least this is something. Um, yeah. The whole thing, the whole thing is just dual monsters. So the whole thing's just a dual monsters game between Yugi, Jaden, Yusai, and Paradox. Um, so I just shut down for most of the latter yeah. half of the movie because, um, as we say, it's just another card game. Yeah, like this one, I genuinely, I, I thought, I think this should have been forty minutes longer. Like, right. keep the duel as it is, but like more time leading up to it would have been would have been great. Sure, I don't know, man. I just uh, that whole thing I was saying about how like it's everyone's just got a Deus Ex Machina to their opponent's card. Like mm. I feel like this is the the zenith of that. Like right. this reminded me. There's there's so much of that happening in this game where someone mm. will be like, "I've won now," and it's like, "Sorry, I've got this card." The <laughs> exact opposite. Um, <laughs> it reminded me of when you're playing a game as a little kid and someone says they stab you or shoot you or whatever, and you're like, "Nah, I have invincible armor on." <laughs> or yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. you're bullet missed me that's what that's what dual monsters is um and in between those moments of characters being like wow you're such a good duelist and an even better friend (laughs) i was like oh god i I can't take this there's one point where yugi compliments Jaden, and we're we're treated to a brief internal monologue from yusei hoping that his moves will also get a passing grade i think that's the actual line like it's like I i hope my moves get a passing grade um um, yeah, and yeah, because course- Yugi says um, that he's like Jaden's meant to say about being at a U- at dual academy, mm. and Yugi says something like, "Well, if I was your teacher, I'd give you a passing grade." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it ultimately, uh, the the battle ends. They defeat Paradox because they have one thing Paradox doesn't have. What is it? The power of ah, friendship. Of course, I, I, I was going to guess. Um. Like, once again, though, I'm also left asking why this fucking card game is the basis of an entire society. Well, because the whole thing so, is that they want, he, Paradox wants to go back to make dual monsters have never happened. And he comes yes. from a future where the existence of dual monsters has somehow assured <laughs> destruction of, the, of his timeline, um, which seems like imagine. a fairly reasonable thing to want to, yeah, to stand yeah, yeah. out. <laughs> but imagine, imagine a, someone comes from the future and you're like, I come from post-apocalyptic future. And you're like, oh my God, he's like, I have to stop fidget spinners. <laughs> fidget spinners. I have to stop Magic the Gathering. <laughs> they are responsible for the downfall of the... Maybe that's what happens when you base an entire like ecosystem on a card game. Maybe that's what did... Maybe that's where COVID came from. <laughs> fidget spinners. Like, Jewel Monsters is inexplicably responsible as well. It doesn't... Like, 
Paradox has travelled from this apocalypse that was caused by dual monsters. And it's not really elaborated on. And when they <laughs> defeat Paradox, they sort of acknowledge that this means the apocalypse will now still happen. And they're like, well, we'll make sure dual monsters doesn't destroy the world in the future. So you don't know how it did it. <laughs> you don't have any information. You can't be like, well, we'll make sure that doesn't happen because you don't know what caused that to happen. So anything could cause it. So you don't know what you're avoiding, <laughs> which is probably why it happened in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop playing it. <laughs> right? Like if, yeah. if the guy comes from the future, Magic the Gathering causes the nuclear holocaust. I reckon that's a real good reason to stop playing Magic the Gathering. Mm, just, and just go to shower stop playing instead. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Sorry to any Magic fans. Now, the, do you know um, the, the, the Yu-Gi-Oh um, tournament, like the official thing, um, like actually started like a, you have to have a shower to get in. Like you have to actually have good personal <laughs> hygiene. Um, wow. Like an actual, like, we, we reserve the right to refuse you if you smell bad. That's very cool. I support that. Um, I was told by my friend Nate that the movie isn't canon because Pegasus appears in it. Um, and Pegasus should be dead by this stage, or he was dead in the Japanese dub. According to the wiki, there is a way you can contrive all three timelines to be canon. But my friend Nate is just as legitimate of a source as the <laughs> wiki. Um, so I'm not sure... Um, I've got a single piece of dumb IMDb trivia because Ooh, despite how how dumb I find this series, the trivia is all very like very eloquent. <laughs> the, the, and even the trivia even can't this, possibly be dumber than the content. yeah. Even this um even this piece I've got here is maybe only dumb looks dumb written down and maybe phonetically it, I'll I'll have to try. I don't think you'll find it as dumb as I find it. Right, right. But this is from the IMDb page for um, Bonds Beyond Time, uh, verbatim quote. Jaden Fusion summons elemental hero Neos Knight and activates Neos Spiral Force for the first time in this movie. And I I looked at that sentence and I'm like, that is just a bunch of adjectives. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> what you're saying. It's just words. It's just words in a row and then yeah. activates. What, and then for the first time in this movie. Elemental hero Neos is like his dark magician. Right. Okay. Well, imagine not knowing anything as I did and seeing that <laughs> sentence and being like, Jade Infusion summons Elemento Hero. Like, I'm not even, I, I can't even read where, like, the um the the verbs are and stuff. Like, maybe summons is the name of a monster. That's his last name. Jade and Yuki summons. <laughs> Jade Infusion summons. Jade oh, Infusion right. summons Elemento Hero Neos Knight. Um, <laughs> um there is a funny um it's not exclusive to this movie but there is like a funny thing in this where um in the you watched it with the 10 minute recap at the start right i did yeah which is essentially just like getting you up to date on door monsters gx and um five days which was good for us to like see a bit mm. about gx and five days um yeah. but there's five days starts with like Jaden running late for school and he bumps into um yugi in some mm. form um who is like you you see clearly like what he's wearing and you a just designer choker <laughs> he's um, wearing like a, signature a belt buckle around his neck um and he gives um Jaden his winged karibo um because he sees something in him um it's set after the events of Door Monsters, which 
spoilers for Dormoz just ends with the Pharaoh passing on to the afterlife, which I guess we'll also cover in Dark Side Dimensions. Um, and then in the dub of the scene when Jaden runs into Yugi, it's it's Yami Yugi's voice, which is yeah, yeah. impossible. But in the original dub, it's like it's just Yugi. Um, but then they're like, no, nah, no, nah, it'll be real sense. cool if it's the Pharaoh again. And it just makes no sense at all. Mm, that's a good point. Do you have any more thoughts on Bonds Beyond Time? No, just check it out. <laughs> this is a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but the Bonds Beyond Time, all sorts of things going on. Yeah. All right. Well, the last film we're going to discuss today, Richard, is a film. And it is called Yu-Gi-Oh! The Dark Side of Dimensions. It came out in 2016, uh, directed by Satoshi Kuwabara. Uh, what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? 40 has 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yep, it sure does. <laughs> yeah, I agree. What is it about? This is the only film in the series, by the way. <laughs> yeah. like, this is the film to me. This is um, the, the only one worth talking about. Why don't you tell us what it's about then? Ah, no, I've got to do all this other stuff. Don't throw that back on me. <sighs> okay, so um this movie is set like not long after the end of the events of uh Yu-Gi-Oh! Door Monsters um which ends with uh uh Artem the pharaoh um the Yami Yugi learning about his past life and essentially finding out that he has to face a worthy opponent in a duel and um and lose to be able to pass on to the afterlife and so in what is the best duel of the series uh he faces yugi um and uh yeah and then he's uh, he's able to to pass on and, and be at peace kind of thing um this isn't enough for kaiba though <laughs> who <laughs> who wants the who thinks that he's too scared <laughs> and wants the chance to duel him again um the the anime ends with kaiba seeing this final duel and realizing like wow yugi on his own has been a worthy opponent for me not just yami uh however this and i'm sure i'm i'm stepping on your toes here but this movie's a sequel to the manga more than the anime so kaiba's not present at that final duel and so in this movie doesn't see hasn't had that moment where he sees yugi as a worthy opponent yeah so i was actually gonna do a hilarious bit where i was gonna be like well 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 who's i'm actually in who because this isn't set after the anime this is after the manga this is this is in the manga's timeline meaning dark side of dimensions is also not canon making it all four films not canon to the series you watched yeah damn (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so um there's a a new villain in town called you're on your own mate i can't remember any of the characters Uh, yeah yep um who is once again a um uh like ancient egyptian spirit kind of thing Mm -hmm. um or has ties to ancient egypt and um Hey, uh, so the, the kind of the the through line of this is that Kaiba is trying to reassemble the Millennium Puzzle, which was shattered at the end of the manga, but not at the end of the anime. Um, I think, or at least it wasn't in the anime anyway. Um, and because he wants to resurrect Artem to be able to deal with him again, um, and uh, Agami takes like some pieces of the the puzzle, making it impossible to solve. Um, and the whole thing culminates in. Again, like another tournamenty kind of thing held by Kaiba, where 
um, he wants to play Yugi, who now has one of the pieces of the Millennium Puzzle, uh, and Agami for their pieces so that he can complete the puzzle. Um, and then, of course, Dark Spirits take over and it's a shadow game. And <laughs> Yeah, sure is. Um, so <laughs> thank you very much. What did you think of the film? Um, when I first watched this a couple months ago, I found it really disappointing. Um partly because I was so desperate to see my beloved Pharaoh again. Um, and he, he appears briefly a couple of times in the film. Um, one scene, which is revealed to be a simulation, um, is... <laughs> which shouldn't be in the film. With The the tension of the movie is like kind of Luke Skywalker and The Force Awakens. That yeah, exactly. Like he's gone. I feel it is cheapened by seeing that simulation yeah like yeah i'm of two minds about it because yeah from a storytelling perspective it shouldn't be in there but it was like it was nice to actually hear his voice again um because he does appear and not say anything the the hand three more times in the film um once to save joey from this um like the shadow realm essentially Mm -hmm. um and then once where he takes over from yugi at the final duel and then the film ends with Kaiba creating a device which allows him to travel to the afterlife. Some people think that it's like um it's a time traveling device, but it's it's a device that allows him to travel to the afterlife so that he can duel Artem. And it's kind of implied that like this could potentially just be him killing himself mm. in order to do this. Like he, he mentions to Mokuba that like he's taking over the company now and um Mokuba's Kaiba's little brother. Yeah. And so yeah, and then and 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 Artem is kind of like happy to see, or he like you know he smirks when he sees carbon. That there is, yeah. Are you sorry? You finish what you're saying, and then I'll no, get that's it. it. Okay, so um, I would like to. We've debuted this on the Patreon podcast. I'd like to debut this on the Mother podcast. A little segment we'll do called. There's gold in them there, Hills. Yeah, um, yes. which is um. Oh, first of all, what did you think I thought of this film? Uh, I think you thought it was real bad, but I think you I've, think I think you thought that there was gold in them their hills. There's gold in them their hills. So this is when we talk about things that resonate with us in otherwise bad yeah. films. And what's the and when they're bad film and when it's a good film but there's bad in it, what was what were we gonna call that? We um, haven't talked about this on here, here be monsters. Yeah, here they be monsters. <laughs> um so there's gold in them their hills. I liked the story thread that Yugi misses Yami who's Mm. gone from i think that's a very real thing to like that's friendship like that's that's the like they talk about friendship so much in the series but it's such an abstract concept i felt like this is proof of it that like you've lost a very close person to you but moreover there's almost a romance between kyber and and yeah 100 and i like you know yeah and 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 there's there's the line near the end when um because kyber that they it ends in like a yugi and kyber versing someone else this um, big monster this big yeah. cubic monster is weird. yeah um there's a photo on the instagram but yeah. um kaiba sacrifices himself so that you can finish the duel because he's confident that yami will save him mm. um that he's like somehow watching this from the afterlife um and kaiba says uh and, and yugi's kind of like oh how did you know this would happen and kaiba's like you had your connection with him i had mine yeah and it is like it does feel like this romantic thing and I'm not even trying to like be like they're secretly gay. It's yeah, they're, like, like it's I'm, more I'm shipping like, them. It's like it's it's, a, it's an obsession. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think the movie is as I think Kyber should have been visibly insane in this movie. 
yeah. right? But he's he's not. He's still the same characterization. But him finding Yami or Atem at the end in the afterlife, I I like the idea that it's a suicide. I like the idea that mm. it's that it's like hello, or, old or that it's even like yeah, yeah, that there's like a he's not sure he will be able to come back, but he's willing to to kill yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, it's gold, and then there are hills. So this is this is what I expected a film version of a TV show should be. Yeah, like this ticks off all the boxes that Pyramid of Light didn't do for a TV mm. show. Um, I had no idea what was happening a lot of the time, and I didn't know who a lot of the characters were. Yeah, because like but- think people like Duke Devlin um show up on this and and this is the bakura is not in any of the other movies is it but he's quite a major character in this yeah um but this this was like this wasn't just they talk for a bit and then they duel which all three others that we watched were this was because this movie is just over two hours long yeah and there's life happening there's a society and there's yeah everyday life there's through through lines of like they're finishing high school which is how young they are and you know one of them's leaving and it's and it's it's got all this coming of age stuff kind of um baked in there um yeah there's a pretty good amount of plot happening outside of it just being a card game um yeah but i I, sorry i actually like I started when you asked me what I thought of it. I was like, I just went on a tangent when I said about the first time I thought it was disappointing. When I watched it last night, I really liked it, um, and it was like, and and then it beca- it became this like, and I think maybe knowing knowing what to expect a bit more going in, I really appreciated like all the kind of like wrapping up of the story threads and and whatnot. I want to talk about Kyber because I think I don't know if I think he's an insufferable character or I or if think he's the best character. He's a good character because he's so insufferable. Yeah. Right? Because his motivation in this film is I have to bring the Pharaoh back, a duelist who has defeated me several times, so that mm. I can maybe beat him and thus prove I am a better duelist. Like yeah. you know, like we go until I win. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 that yeah. means I'm the king. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's such a it's such an easy to pull apart kind of motivation. Yeah, yeah. But, 100%. <laughs> um and when Yugi can't bring him back, as you said, Kaiba's like, Oh, it's because he's scared of me and it's like dude nobody fucking likes you what are you doing he's such a weird like like you know like like he's 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 fighting yugi who yugi will probably defeat him but if he doesn't yeah. if he can beat yugi then he can bring back the pharaoh who'll probably defeat him <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and it wouldn't be so bad if it was a more um intimate or internal kind of like i have to beat you for me kaiba especially in pyramid of light but somewhat in this very much like is like so the whole world will know you're not as good as me like if this is if we are talking sport and we're talking statistics which i learned during the airbud episode is what is entertaining apparently about sport to a lot of sports people (laughs) is the statistics the statistics of yugi versus yeah versus kaiba i don't know how many times they fight in the show but if it's like 10 to 1 yeah. That's not even. That's too, and, not and, even. And the one in Kyber's favor is because he threatened to kill himself if he'd lose. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's literally like, oh, just set my mic. Um, yeah, like he, they're fighting atop a castle, and it's like for entrance into. This the, is in the, the show, the finals, not in, in the, the show. Um, and um, it, it, it's real fucking. There's a lot of like very clearly rule breaking stuff in all of season one, but especially in this duel. Um, that um. 
it's like uh, so Kaiba is about to lose it's like one more attack and he'll lose and so he stands on the ledge and is like okay but if you attack me the 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 force with which the the hologram will attack me will blow me off this building um and it's like you, you know there, there's people's souls have been um people's souls are at stake because pegasus traps souls um and and so you know like it's a very heated duel and um yami's like okay fuck it like fuck you and he orders an attack but then at the last second yugi takes over and calls off the attack and loses the duel um and then that's kind of when yami and yugi learn to work together because yugi was will yami was willing to kill um to mm. kill kaiba and that um, i feel i feel yugi as an audience surrogate there like yeah. that is literally me being like, just stop playing. If I'm playing yeah. card games, so I'm going to kill myself if you beat me. I'll be like, all right, I'm probably not going to finish the game then. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. So um, the only other note I've got for um, the dark side of dimensions is that there are like a hundred variations of the blue eyes white dragon. Yeah, um, there's blue eyes shining the, dragon. The blue eyes alternative ultimate dragon which yeah. is such a funny name, man. Like that feels like one of those things where it's like the direct translation from Japanese to English. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is not as poetic in English as I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> the um, blue eyes alternative dragon. <laughs> He's just like wearing like thick rimmed glasses and like, a yeah. straw hat. <laughs> um, there's also in this film. Um, and again, like talking about like what you expect from a, from a, a movie adaptation of a of a tv show like the animation is is very much updated and it and looks, looks quite, it's a great looking film yeah yeah it's a great looking film and um all the character models have been updated um where yugi's a little bit taller mm. um joey and tristan look a bit more manly and taya has like grown three cup sizes her <laughs> shirt has, she, she's got clearly had a growth spurt but can't afford like length <laughs> more length Damn. on her skirts um and it's like it's, it's very fan servicey the what they've mm. done to Taya in this film, and her face like looks completely different. She's a lot more like doe eyed when she was very already a very doe eyed character. Mm. Any more thoughts on Dark Side of Dimensions? Uh, just check it out. I reckon this is a good time. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I don't know. yeah. What? Yeah. What did you? Um, how would you rank the films, AJ? Dark Side of Dimensions at number one. Yeah. Then uh, Bonds Beyond Time at number two, then Yu-Gi-Oh! 99 at number three, and Pyramid of Light at number four. Nice. Yeah, I'd probably, uh, yeah, I'd probably just go like four, three, two, one, and you know, Dark Side Dimensions is my favorite, and then going back. Um, yeah, I, I think Dark Side Dimensions like actually has a lot going for it. Mm. It maybe doesn't like all, all, all translate as well as it could, but I think yeah. like there's a lot of really cool ideas in it and it's a fun and it's a it's a good place to like wrap up the arc Mm. yeah so do we want to talk about titles on this podcast we do it a lot i'm not i don't really know if i have much to say beyond the alternate why is it called (laughs) Oh? why is it called Oh? because his name's yugi and the o is written like oh uh yeah why is it called Oh, aj I don't know. You tell me. You're the one who watched the show. They um, bring it up. I in the believe, and I only looked this up the other day. Um, but Yu-Gi-Oh, I, I believe, is the uh, is Japanese for King of Games. Right. 
and so that's why like the, the, so the, just the characters just named there. king of and games and then uh, well there's also I, I read but i didn't fully understand it but it's like it's a pun on like uh yugi and joey's name in japanese are like it means like friendship and like and yeah i bet it is a pun that makes complete sense i bet it's a japanese pun that yeah. cannot be salvaged in english <laughs> I, I, bet I think that's it's like it it's one of those things that just it just sounds cool like it's it's just fun to say yeah like dragon ball z is like the same thing dragon like, balls i mean dragon balls actually like <laughs> make you know are a thing in the show but yeah and also like Yu-Gi-Oh is the sound he makes when he transforms from yugi to yami yugi which is that doesn't that's not a good enough reason yeah and also in the, in the anime <laughs> why does he say that <laughs> at the end of the first season when they like finally have a conversation and they're like oh who are we um like wh- what do i call you and he's like oh i've been called many things and he one of them he says is Oh, and it's like you were never called Oh. that makes no sense <laughs> um and it's like it's like 17 episodes into the show <laughs> before <laughs> um bakura challenges um uh challenges yugi to a duel and then ends up being a shadow duel um <gasps> where um and not, not again they're all <laughs> fucking y- shadow yugi duels and like yugi taya tristan joey all become like because they all talk about like what their favorite card is beforehand and then when they play those cards it's like they end up on the board and they're like oh my god i'm the person but then yugi's dark magician on the board and they look up and they're like wait who's that that's playing the duel and it's yami um and then yugi's like yeah, actually, now that you mention it, it does feel like there's another person playing with me when I play. And it's like, oh. you're clearly a different person and someone lives inside your necklace. How have That's... you never realized this? I thought I actually find that quite compelling. Yeah. If it was handled better, it sounds like by by your indication it wasn't handled very well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think guess it's quite it, it is like, um, after that point in the show, and especially like going into seasons two and three, when they actually like will have conversations and like yami will be sitting on the bed while yugi gets gets dressed um <laughs> and yami's like come back to bed yugi <laughs> um but they um but <laughs> so I mean, I it kind of does make sense that you would <laughs> that you know you would just feel this presence rather than actually being able to like mm. be more tangible about it but that's yeah. the episode where um taya goes on a date with the pharaoh um oh but god that in, sounds in, horrible in the in the dub um that's not a date it's like hey the pharaoh wants to like see if see if his memory can be jogged why don't you spend the day with taya for no reason and then oh, that's apparently bad. in the original it's like yeah i've set you up on a date with taya or like taya wants to go on a date with with um uh, Yami Yugi. i don't like that at all i think that's stupid yeah it's pretty funny <laughs> it's it's like it's like generally considered one of the worst episodes of the show. <laughs> right, Richard. Well, now we've got one of our final segments of the show, which is continue the franchise. This is where we try to come up with a sequel or some kind of continuation. Um, in this case, I guess that's has what it has to be. Uh, my one's pretty pretty small this week. Have you got a big one? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So, do you want to go first or second? Um, I'll go first. Um, so one thing that's quite common with anime is to do a live action adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. There's surprisingly like, like there's a lot of um, Japanese ones. Like Death Note has like a series of Japanese films, and then there's a bunch of those. But I, I, as far as I'm aware, there aren't any live action Yu-Gi-Oh films in in, in the east or the west. Um, but yeah, a live a Netflix adaptation. 
So mm-hmm. it has to be bad. It has to be real bad. Okay. Wow. Um, the source material. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um but yeah, like so trying to think I was trying to think of things that like that they would fundamentally not understand about the show. And so it would condense the <laughs> entire um uh Duelist Kingdom arc, which is the entire first season, into one movie. Um so every duel would have to be like a couple of minutes long. <laughs> and I was trying to think of like casting um Dane DeHaan, Dean DeHaan as Kyber. Oh, yep. I thought that was pretty good. Um, and uh, I couldn't think of anyone for Yugi, but you'd probably just get like Finn Wolfhard. What? Who's the to- J- Jacob Tremblay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be a great Yugi. <laughs> yeah. But then you yeah. also need him to play the Yama Yugi. Yeah, that's or, true. Or would you like a Shazam thing, I guess? Mm. Yeah, you, you could would. Do. Yeah, um, but I feel I feel like doing the Shazam thing would is kind of one of those like fundamentally misunderstanding the like concept. It's okay, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, we're Netflix. Um, but uh, what about Neil Patrick Harris as Pegasus? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Play playing up the um, what like Pegasus's voice is very familiar to me. Is it? Is am I just thinking of him from the Powerpuff Girls? Uh, <laughs> it was a little bit like Powerpuff that, yeah. Girls. Um, so that's that's yeah no that's good I like like, especially after um, series of unfortunate events I could see a Pegasus yeah exactly Um, Darren Dunstan is the voice he's also Splinter in um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I like that you haven't cast uh, Japanese actors for a live action remake because that's also very (laughs) Netflixy okay well I have also come up with a I guess a live action movie adaptation yeah. <clears throat> of Yu-Gi-Oh but I've d- taken a different route Richard and I think that the the Yu-Gi-Oh story the Yu-Gi-Oh brand is fucking begging to be a comedy it is right. desperate to be funny I th- <laughs> I would love it if they were aware of how stupid everything is like Kaiba is basically Dr. Evil yeah. From Austin Powers, right? Like, I want a Yu-Gi-Oh movie that is the sense of humor of, like, 21 Jump Street has towards the 21 Jump Street show, you know? Like, that's, yeah. that's what I want, where even if people aren't acknowledging how stupid it is to base, like, an entire government off a card game, the movie realizes that, right? And you've got things like Kaiba being like, I will, I will bring the Pharaoh back so I can defeat him, even though... He's been defeated every time. That's funny, and Kaiba never realized, never like it's yeah. never made. He's never made fun of in the show yeah. for that. And so you're, you're think, essentially pitching um, Yu-Gi-Oh abridged. I'm pitching Yu-Gi-Oh abridged, which we haven't brought up, but was a web series where they took Yu-Gi-Oh episodes and revoiced them. Um, and that, a lot of the best stuff I associate with Yu-Gi-Oh is from that. Really, <laughs> I haven't watched that much of it, but it is. I've it seen is quite fun. I've seen bits of it, the best jokes in it. I'm um, bringing up Shazam again because Shazam did a joke that I first ever saw in Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, <laughs> which is when um, Kyber's like yelling at Yugi while he's like standing atop the um, the blue eyes white dragon as it's like flying into the sky. He's like, I will defeat you. And then it cuts to Yugi and he goes, I can't hear you. And Kyber's like, what? And he's like, I can't hear you. Because he's like 10, 10, like 50 feet above him. So of yeah. course he can't hear him. It's a great joke. And the other one was um, in the Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged movie when um, Grandpa and Taya and I think one of the other characters are climbing a a 
a ladder into Pegasus's helicopter, yeah. and it like the camera like zooms past them as they're all like looking down at the battle, and in the Yu-Gi-Oh bridge one, each one goes, "Don't look at my butt! Don't look at my butt! Don't look at my butt!" And it's very funny. Nice. Um, so that's it. That's that's continue the franchise for the week. I was legitimately expecting a song from you. Um, I I thought about it, but then I realized, <laughs> oh my god, I'm almost home to record the podcast with AJ, and I haven't thought of anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right well then let's move on to rank dat franchise so we have watched ba, 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 da, ba, 111 arguably franchises <laughs> for this podcast and we're adding Yu-Gi-Oh, a series i am so unwilling to classify as a, <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a as a as a franchise into this list um so it's going to be pretty high no no, I. this cannot be high on the list. I'm sorry, Richard. I'm sending the Yu-Gi-Oh! film franchise straight to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my reasoning, though, beyond just me not liking the films. the the own, First of all, by your own volition, at least three out of the four films are like... Oh, maybe, maybe you don't agree, actually. I was going to say three out of the four films are like a poor representation of what you like about the series. Right, right, right. Like, you can like Yu-Gi-Oh, but we are judging specifically these yeah. four films. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the so only... I think it'll be quite high then, won't it? <laughs> the only thing I'm willing to put it like, this is better than Land Before Time, for example, or um, this is better than, uh, uh, what's his name? The Medea, um, because... Sorry, it's called Diary of a Mad Black Woman in our ranking because we rank them by the first movie in the franchise. It's better than those two, which are 109 and 110th respectively, <laughs> um, because it's not very long. Those those franchises suck right, because yeah, of how yeah. long they are, right? So I'm willing to... It's, it's at 109 now. Like, I'm willing to move it up a bit more, but I don't know if I want to. At like, 108... Do you genuinely think like, going ahead a couple, but like, would you genuinely would you rather watch Sex and the City two again or any of these movies? Um, that's a good point. Okay, so let's put it above Sex and the City at a hundred and six. At the moment, above it is Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, fuck, I probably enjoy Yu Gi Oh more than Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> okay, but no, then it's I know what you did last summer, and I don't think it's better than I know what you did last summer. I know you did last summer was pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but I I think there is enough cohesiveness in those movies, and yeah. I respect I respect Kevin Williamson enough to not want to like <laughs> you know. Um, I think Yu Gi Oh should go at one hundred and five between I know what you did last summer and Revenge of the Nerds. All right, um, I'll give you, you this one, but when we get to Rocky, yeah, I'm doing the ranking. Well, we've, I'm sure I'll like Rocky perfectly fine. It's not. It's not about that. It's not about taking a ten. I mean, but you look above. Above, I know you did last summer is like the two three hundred movies, and like I, they are definitely better than Yu Gi Oh. I think. The, really? well, at least the, well, the Yu Gi Oh. Uh, yeah, the sex scene and the second one's pretty good. Whereas the sex scenes and the Yu Gi Oh movies were pathetic. <laughs> All right, I am saving. That's where we're ranking it, 105th. It is the 105th best franchise we've watched, which yeah. I is I like, more... I, I, I don't know about you, but this is definitely, like... I mean, I, there's certainly... I would put it higher, but, like, there's a lot above this that I would way less rewatch than, like, than Yu-Gi-Oh! 
I think you need you're thinking of this though as in Yu-Gi-Oh the brand you love and not Yeah, but this- also like there, there's things that like they're shorter and Yeah, they're no. All right, let's move it up then, bro. If you want to talk talk me into it. Where do you want to where would you put it? Let's put let's- it 100. No. <laughs> okay. I thought you were making a joke. I thought you were going to be like, let's just put it at the top. Um, okay. So if we got, move from 105. So, th- so that's better than Jingle All the Way. We are surpassing it past, I know he did last summer, 300, bring it on, Big Fat Liar and Jingle All the Way. So it's still worse than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, see, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is, is similar because it's like, it's a long running franchise, but in, like we have no attachment to it. Whereas in this case, one of us has attachment to the franchise and so is I already would like much yeah yeah and and so it's already like has that connection to it whereas like tmnt i didn't really like any of the movies and neither of us had like any kind of connection to it i would much rather watch the first two teenage mutant ninja turtles movies again out of appreciation for the nostalgic and their their place in film yeah. canon than any of the, the, the to be honest the only T- tmnt movie that i've like thought about again and thought oh yeah i quite liked that was um out of the shadows yeah, the, yeah the, the second michael bay one which is <laughs> all right arguably the worst one anyway okay let's I, I i i like the idea of putting it at 100 well it probably won't stay at 100 for very long yeah exactly like <laughs> yeah unless we only cover franchises that are worse it's gonna be bumped down. <laughs> okay i'm i'm okay with that all right now, Richard, usually what we do at this point in the show is that we um, it, we we choose our next franchise uh, in two ways. Every second week, we'll draw a random number in franchise roulette, um, which is a, a list we've got of all the franchises, and um, whatever the random number we draw will be the franchise we watch. Every other week, though, we usually, as it's the $1 reward on our Patreon, is that you can... Uh, pay a dollar and you can suggest and vote on every second franchise we cover and in an unprecedented move of throwing that dollar away our patrons <laughs> this month voted on just doing franchise roulette again so we're just gonna do franchise roulette i guess yeah um which is fine and it's, so, it's like it's the most one of i think it's tied for lord of the rings with lord of the rings as being the most popular option we've ever had which is like, do people not want to do the vote? I'm so confused. We we made that a dollar because we thought that'd be the most enticing. You know, we, we, we like when we designed the Patreon, we designed it so like the dollar reward is pretty good. Yeah, you know. So oh, actually, you, you come I tell you what, from- it's um, it's it's lost a vote since I last looked at it. Oh. And it's, it's now uh, just behind Lord of the Rings as the most. Oh, there we go. Um, okay, here we go. Franchise list. Random number generator coming at you. 163. Did you get that? 163. 163. All right, Richard, while you look that up, um, let me just let the people know that if you like this podcast, if you like Cold Pop Show, I implore you to support us on all our social media. You can do that by finding us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us um, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Cold Pop Show if you want to support the show. And you can also find us on the Cold Pop Show Discord where we chat uh, all things pop culture and all things Cold Pop Show. <laughs> Very good. Um, and yeah uh the all the links to all those places will be in the show notes below richard what is the franchise we've landed on 
Uh, so it's a this is a, a franchise that I'm I'm quite excited. Well, mm. it, no, okay. <laughs> that it, excited <laughs> feels very strong. Um, You're not excited. Oh no, I'm not <laughs> at all. Um, but it feels like a a a, a, a very franchisey franchise. Oh, um, that's good. How many in the franchise? Uh, six, I believe. Oh, um, I will. I will quickly double check. Very exciting. Can, get, give me a genre. Throw, this is like jazz, baby. Yeah, it's just right. free so form jazz. Um, give me I a genre. Guess family. Oh, a family franchise. Mm. Have, is is it like the first one's real famous and the the latter five aren't as famous? Um, there's uh the first one. I guess it, like it's one of those things that, that everyone knows the franchise, and so I guess the first one by definition is famous but i would say probably the most famous one is actually the sixth one what the hell are we talking about here yeah the main character the titular character of the franchise is not human and they're not an animal they're vegetable no they're mineral they're a car herbie herbie are we doing herbie the sixth one is the, the, the <laughs> most well-known one. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm down for some Herbie. Yeah. <laughs> the Love Bug, yeah. Hell yeah. What are the films called? Uh, so you've got The Love Bug, Herbie Rides Again, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, Herbie Goes Bananas, The Love Bug, again, <laughs> and Herbie Fully Loaded. Um, okay. And they're all Disney films, so I wonder if they're on Disney+. Plus. I'm sure so they will be. You, I'll just check so that you can watch along at home if you have a Disney Plus subscription. Mm. Herbie. They appear to be. I need to search the love bug because that doesn't have Herbie in it. Uh, so they've got the 1969, which is the original, oh, but not the 1997 one, so we might have to hunt that one down. That's an early film. <laughs> an early, dis- <laughs> early live action Disney is kind of cursed, but um, yeah. I suspect we'll probably find them relatively boring. But yeah, the I Lindsay Lohan one. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. All right. Well, that's exciting. Um, stay tuned for our post-credit scene, which we actually need to record, Richard. Surprise. Oh, yes. Um, and uh, I will. we will see you guys next week for something off franchise, and we'll see you the week after for the Herbie series. Woo! Woo-hoo! That's the Yu-Gi-Oh thing. See ya. Welcome, everybody, to the post credit scene. Oh, was that a Yu-Gi-Oh reference? No. Okay. Um, this is our post credit scene. This is for if you pay a five dollars or more on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Cole you get to give us a topic to talk about at the end of each episode. This post credit scene today, Richard, comes from James B. And James B asks us, what would your dream jobs be? And a bonus question, what do you guys do now? Um well, bonus question first. I'm a video content producer, which is a fancy name for an editor at um TVNZ, which is our local news station. Uh, and well it's it's more than news a tv station i work for the news yeah i work for the media yeah and well james b i work for you b <laughs> which is a uh like a polytech it's not a what's the like a university but 
not a university like tertiary uh, studies I don't like. know, is polytech like a universal term is it i don't know maybe it is it's like community college. No, it's not. It's just, community college is worse. It's not community college. It's like it's like it's like you go to the to um, a polytech instead of a university, but you don't learn. You don't go to like lectures and stuff. You do practical. It's, it's like a course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm a I'm a film tutor there specifically. I I teach digital screen production, um, which means I help young nineteen to whatever year olds um learn how to make commercials and <laughs> short films and things like that so i am a tutor at ub what is what is my dream job though my dream job um were, well do i go real or do i go like a little bit tongue-in-cheek as to not be too vulnerable <laughs> uh, yeah hard my, my my dream job is like cold pops full time like i would love to get to that point and in, in, yeah. in my career um but i've i mean i've always thought um being the person that um like on the 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 ratings board would be fun because it means you get to watch a bunch of films <laughs> being a film reviewer just not even for cold pops just in general would be fun yeah. uh, like i'm good at that stuff as well i think i think i'm probably better at working out and articulating what a film should have done than I am at anything else. Like, I think that's my, my mm. best skill is script doctoring. So right. no, I wouldn't want to be a script doctor though. There's too much actual pressure. Yeah. I want to, I want to armchair it and be like, you did that wrong. You should have done this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know my dream job, I guess like I would, I'd love to direct, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just like, I kind of always thought that that was like an easy path because every director I've ever looked up to, you know, is a straight white man. And so now it's like, you know, maybe it's, you, you actually do need to be good at these things. You don't Damn. just get handed them because of your, um, your race, your situation in life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely to answer your question, I don't know what I want to do. There you go. What I still a- don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> wow. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you for your question, James. We'll see you guys next week. Giving me a lot to think about. (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.